The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as we start the afternoon, let's just check in and see if there's anything that needs to be said or any questions that leave dangling in your heart and mind from, from this morning. Is there anything that needs completion before we continue? or even maybe acknowledgement for continuation even later, beyond today. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering when you just said that, how do I keep it up? Um, so you just said, um, you know, how do we keep these things? Well, I guess you said, you know, keeping them sort of in our minds throughout this. How would you go about keeping this at the forefront of the consciousness, you know, um, so that, uh, you know, it becomes more of a thought process in our daily lives as opposed to just something that we believe or we think, but, you know, it's not penetrating any deeper, you know? I'll jump in and I'll ask you to jump in. So it's interesting the way you're, you're asking the question, Ian. It's, it's not so much to think about. It's not in this practice, is not so much, even when you talk about contemplation, is really feeling into, is really being with um, whatever arises with awareness. So that's what I would invite you to continue to do, to invite awareness, a a whole body awareness, when something is happening, not just thinking about it, ruminating and getting off in, you know, thought, but but really being with and being aware of, of, of your identities, how do they feel, how do they come up, how are you holding them, is there tightness, is there pain is their joy it's just it's it's very um it's 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 being mindful of these contemplations with your entire being does that make sense yeah Bernie. yeah it's like um <coughs> being when you're in the present Everything that happens, you know, through your awareness of mindfulness of, of, of body and your thoughts and feelings, and once you are aware, it, it just becomes, it, the, the experience becomes acknowledged, and then um, you go deeper into what is what is what the present moment is there to offer as a teaching. So um, I think that a wonderful thing to do is just what you did right now, just dropping the question 
dropping the question in your mind and being in the present moment and see what comes up for you and see what happens. So, okay. So, now we're going to shift. We're going to shift into something new. So, as we advertised this morning, the morning was mostly personal exploration, and, and now we're going to bridge into, into collective exploration. And, um, and especially given that it's after lunch, and energies kind of tend to sag, we're going to do this bridging activity with some improv. <laughs> So, so, okay, well, let's get up. All right. So as you're getting up and standing, the first thing we're going to do is... We're going to do just some movement with our bodies, just so we um, we stretch the body a little bit and kind of get get into our bodies because we're going to do some movement and we don't want to do anything jerky that will that will hurt us in any way. So just gently starting to move, whatever, getting getting into your body, getting into the feeling of what it feels to be in the body. So let's actually start with the head a little bit. And, and do anything that feels right. Don't do anything that I do that does not feel right for your body. But just turning your neck a little bit. and ah, Feeling the neck. Turning from side to side. And then your shoulders. Rolling the shoulders back gently. Very gently. Yeah, feeling... Feeling the movement, feeling the aliveness in the body, in the shoulders. Yeah. Mm. And now extend the movement into the arms. If this feels okay for you, or you can modify it any which way it feels okay, maybe one arm at a time, if that feels better for you. And actually it does feel better, yeah, one arm at a time. Oh yeah, moving the arm. Yeah, and then moving the hips, making big circles one way. Hip circle the other way. You can make a big hip circle. You can make a little hip circle. Moving the movement into into your legs, into your knees, into your feet. And then, and then shaking one leg, shaking, 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 shaking one leg, and then shaking the other leg, shaking the other leg. I'm not shaking the whole body, shaking, 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 feeling your whole body. Ah, yeah, shaking. Yeah, taking a few deep breaths, great. And now bringing back the, the hip movement, now writing your name with your hip <laughs> movements in the floor. 
Don't, yes, right. Yeah, writing your name. Don't forget the dots. <laughs> writing, writing. First name and last name, not just first name. <laughs> I know, I'll be I'll have the longest one. <laughs> just the first name is enough. Um, okay, great. Now, doing any movement that your body needs to move, just so that you feel just freedom of the body, because we're going to be doing some movement now. So, just opening up your body. Any stretches you need. Okay. All right. We're going to do one last thing, which releases energy. This is called. Uh, what is this called? This is actually from Qigong. It's called uh, Horse Breath, something like that. I forget the name now. Yeah, you remember this one? Yeah, it's a good one. So we go, so you breathe, and then you go, and then you breathe in. Last one. Okay, one more. Let it out. Okay, great. Awesome. All right. A little feeling loosened up? Yeah, a little bit? Okay, great. Okay, so I'll tell you now what what this exercise, this improv exercise we're going to do. So we're going to get into dyads, and I would suggest try working with somebody new you haven't worked with yet. So get, get with a partner. Get with a partner. Yes. Great. This is working. Perfect. Okay, get with the partner. Awesome. All right, cool. Okay. So before I lose you, brooding home, I'm going to demonstrate with you before I lose you. <laughs> so, so I'll show you what, what we're going to do. So, so one person is A. A, raise your hand. Okay, B, A, great. So, so, and then, of course, we switch. So what's happening now with A is actually you won't need that. So A... A is the leader for the first round, and B is the follower. So what A is going to do, A, hold out your hand. Okay, uh, my, my you, the rest of you. So, so now I, what I'm going to try to do is wherever your hand goes, my face is going to go. So you have control over where my body is. So, so, you, yeah. so use the power, this power... It's a power dynamic, right? Use it very gently because there's a lot of things you can do. You can, you can take me really down, down, right? You can, you can do this, right? You can try that to see how it works, but just do it very gently. But it's, it's, or you can go up or you can move or you can move me, or you can move me anywhere you want. Go for it, Bruni. No, so that was g- gently, a little more slowly. That's, that's a little too fast. That's a little too fast, yeah. You see how I need to really follow where she goes, right? Okay, you get the picture. So viscerally, just play, take this on, take this on. And, and again, people who are A, be very gentle. You want to be very slow with the movements and let the person follow you. And if you do, you abuse your power, right, and take them down. But do it very gently and just very, just once. But just we're, we're trying to get it in our bodies. What does it feel like to be in a position of power? 
What does it feel like to get it in our bodies? What does it feel to be in a position of this empowerment? And you're moving where the person is getting you to move, right? And then we'll switch. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, so how was that? How was that experience? That's, yeah, how was... What's that? It was interesting? I was answering your question, but I... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, how was it interesting? Uh, <laughs> Come on. Uh, it <laughs> well, one thing I noticed was um, I wasn't that comfortable leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. too, yeah, it was, I was saying to Nathan, it was like the proximity was a little bit close. And I yeah. noticed like that kind of spatial... You know, you have your sort of your boundary. Yeah, and, yeah. So that anyone, was anyone else felt uncomfortable yeah. leading? Anybody else? It's not uncommon at yeah. all. Yeah, it's yeah, quite... It's much more comfortable to follow. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, um, you know, we sort of blended or worked as a team versus he's doing, he's in control and I'm just following. We sort of, you know, like, in, like the mirror exercise in improv, you know, where you're sort of working yeah, together. Yeah, right, so. right. So it's pretty similar, but um, uh, I, it was kind of puzzling to me because being in power is supposed to be a good thing. You are in control, you know? But somehow when I was in the position to lead, yeah, I felt so much burden, and I had to make sure that everything is right. She doesn't fumble. Uh, she doesn't trip over the other guys uh, in the room. So it was very uncomfortable for me, but at the same time, when I was following, because uh, I knew that she's not going to really give me a hard time, or there was a big trust, yeah. yeah. So when I followed her, that uh, it was uh, very easy. A lot felt really free, uh, light. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's because of the container that, that we have together today. It's a con- container of safety. And there is that kindness and care. You know, you carry, you feel that responsibility. Oh, I don't want, you know, I'm, I don't want her to hurt, be hurt or trip over. So it feels more weighty. And, oh, I completely trust where she's going to take me. It's going to be fine. And so I think there's something about the construct that we've made, the container that we've made that makes, makes this... Um, game a little different and still for some people that feeling of wow I'm disempowered I'm, I'm following that can still come up so it's very interesting explorations yeah lovely keep keep them coming yeah at the beginning I definitely I felt a little bit out of control you know with the way you know I was moving my body and just these movements and you know, kind of jolting and all that. And then I kept hearing what you were saying, like, don't abuse your power. Well, like, when my hand was, like, up there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. And then I just came to my senses. And, you know, so it was interesting to to see, you know, where my mind was going and seeing, you know, my partner, where she was moving and where I was moving and seeing, like, once I calmed down, what it looked like, you know, the way I was moving. So that was really good to sort nice. of be able to see that yeah that's so interesting isn't it as a reflection of the world out there when you don't know what you're doing you're all over the place and they're like wow oh be kind don't abuse your power right isn't that or interesting? not yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting 
Um, I enjoyed the, the exercise. I felt it was a dance, actually. But um, I really did not feel anything related to power or disempowerment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not, not relate to that concept. I didn't feel when I was quote-unquote leading that I had power mm. um, or when I was following that um, I didn't have power. Um, you know, I don't know if my dance background is kind of going in the way and preventing me from really feeling that exercise how it's supposed to be, but um, in a way I would actually feel that I have more power when I follow mm. uh, in the sense that I'm very used to mimicking something else, like that's what you learn in dancing, right? And so if I'm actually doing it well, I get in that flow and and I have power to create that flow, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't feel one side or the other had more power to me. But maybe um, anyone else didn't feel the power or I'm the only person? Okay. Yeah, say, say more. I, I want to hear from other people. Whoever f- didn't feel it or did feel it, it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'll modify a little bit and say yeah. not that I didn't feel it at all, uh-huh. but that I felt there was a lot, there were many other dimensions, mm-hmm. and to have it framed in that one way, um, I had to kind of kept having to put myself into that because mm-hmm. I saw other things going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had some um, some pleasure in the following, which is not like I don't usually like to follow that much. But <laughs> in this case, what it, I think maybe you mentioned because of the safety of the container, um, it was easy for me to settle it into making it like a meditation task, and I had an object to follow. And mm. you know, I wasn't thinking about my partner as a person anymore, but there was an object in front of me, and my job <laughs> was to look at it and follow it. And that induced some feelings of concentration, actually, that, that same kind of joy. Fascinating. Great. Oh, when we first heard about the part where you're going to follow, and I was first the follower, I just thought about the, a long time ago I was in a different meditation group and the Dharma teacher wasn't so healthy and he got into, you know, empowering himself too much. And I thought, oh my God, are we going back into this? I don't, I don't want to experience this. I mean, not like he held his hand around, but you know what I mean? It's kind of right. another metaphor course, for this. Yeah. But I didn't experience that. I felt, um, I felt Donna's very caring, you know, and, you know, I could just do... What, what was going on? It was okay. Uh, the second part, I also felt something in connection with dance. When I was a little kid, I took a modern dance class with kids. And at one point, they put four kids in a group, and then they said, now you're going to make up your own dance, but you're going to pretend you have chalk on the bottom of your feet. So you're making a design on the floor by the way you move. Mm. I thought, oh, that's sort of cool. I'll try doing that. Mm. So uh, I did that. But I did feel it was kind of... Sometimes I just stopped and held my hand still. I, I felt like I couldn't do it for such a long period. I had to stop and break it into smaller pieces. Mm. Thank you. Interesting. So did anybody feel the, the, the power difference or, or the feeling of needing to be the follower and the, the, the power disempowerment? Yes. didn't feel disempowered by following 
But when I led, I felt like I, I didn't want to be in power, so I wanted to follow her to the ground and be in the same position she was in. Ah, interesting. Thank you. Neat. This is great. I'm learning something. This is really cool. So, so instead of it turning out that the world actually experientially you, you felt it, given the container we have today, and probably the way I set it up, um, with a lot of care, with a lot of emphasis on taking care of each other, that was that was in the forefront. Um, so I think maybe if the container was not as as safe or or, or, or considerate, or if I if I hadn't set it up as really take care of each other, don't abuse your partner, just like set it up, just you're following, go. Um, I would have been a little worried about you hurting each other, but uh, but maybe it would have been different. It's interesting. I'm learning. This is. Curious. Any other thoughts? Any other reflections about this? Bruni, you did it too. Yeah. You know, what came to mind was also in the same way with a container of safety, mm. how, how many other choices I have in how I hold the identities that I have. Yeah. Depending what is here, who is in the room, who I'm with, then I may choose to be more stuck (laughs) in one identity or I may choose to hold it firmly and say this is is me right now and with love and compassion and, 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 you know, some contentment or I may just dismiss dismiss it in the same way depending on that safety that yeah, container yeah. it's it's so interesting so so given the safety this became an exercise in taking care of each other and feeling safe that the other person is not going to abuse their power and you're not going to abuse your power and just it's so interesting i wish the world was like this <laughs> yeah 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 this was saying the comment yeah. about going down it's actually felt um you know, at some point, I was kind of thinking, okay, we've been up now, let's kind of like go down. <laughs> and my first thought was that she was going to go down, and she wouldn't load that, go down, and I had to go down at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. And any other reflections, any other thoughts about this? Yeah. I thought it was interesting too um, the fact that um, I was first in guiding meant that sort of I set the tone for it and like um, I couldn't like even if I had wanted to abuse my power so to speak like I wouldn't have just because like you know, you don't know what the other person's going to do and you set, you know, you set a certain tone for them, you know, that they'll, you know, that's the model that right. they think of it as. So, right, right. so I think the person who goes first kind of, I had that kind of in the back of my yeah. mind. What goes know. around comes around. Mm-hmm. It's the karma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> karma will come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so so we're closing this part, and there's something uh, t- changing uh, 
changing uh, to the, the next, thank you, next step. And by the way, the name of that, that exercise I couldn't remember is not breathing horse, it's crazy horse, in case you want to do that again. It's called crazy horse. Um, so, so um, one more exercise wanted to do actually yeah let's do that also let's do that also so um let's see if this is going to work um getting into dyads of uh, uh, triads of size three but not including the person you worked with this morning with their with their recurring question is that going to work do we have enough people to kind of make that work triads of three yeah. So, actually, it could be four. Also, it could be you can have a four. So, so get into get into your triads of three. And make sure you, in your triad you don't have person you worked with this morning. Let's see if that's going to work. Is that going to work? You guys are okay. Wait, how's this working? Is that working? And if Bruni joins you, is that going to work? Okay, perfect. Great, great. Okay, fantastic. Okay. So, um, so make, make sure you have space around you. So, sitting. This one is sitting. This one is sitting. Okay. So, so this one is an exploration an exploration of uh, projections as we're getting into this feeling of community. So, so each person will share two projections about the other two. And, and so, 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 so this is how it will work. So each person, you, know, will go around the, you go around the circle, and you just share two projections about, you, like, you look like you... Are an accountant, or you look like you're—I don't know—you work in high tech, or just yeah, 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 just whatever project, whatever projection you have. So whatever it is, it's a projection. That's what they are, right? You just you you project. You look like you're this. You look like you're you're very calm. You look like you're very this. You look like you're very happy. You look like you're very. You look like you have grandchildren. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Let your minds go wild with projection. Okay. So you, each person will share two projections about the two people. So, so person A, uh, two projections about B and C, B shares about A and C, and C shares about B and A. And then after all the projections are shared, then you go around the circle and each person says, well, actually, I'm not an accountant, you know, I'm a nurse or whatever. whatever. So just getting a sense, like viscerally, about these projections we have about people. And yeah, yeah, question. Do they have to be identities or do they, can they be qualities? Well, in the, as we discovered discovering this morning, qualities can feel like identities as you get down to it, right? Yeah, so that, yeah, sure, qualities are fine. How does that sound? Clear enough? Yeah, all right, go for it. Yeah. And how did it feel to be projected upon? How did it feel in terms of your identities? How did it feel to project on someone and be right or wrong? Just anything, bring it on. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. Well, 
You can hold it closer. Okay. Well, we we all ended up agreeing that that we didn't have a lot of faith on it in our projections, <laughs> and and the and mine were partially cheating from lunch, and, <laughs> and, and then and then and uh, what's your name? Nathan's were just being extremely observant about reality, and and they came up with things. So anyway. So so we didn't think we had, I think as a group, we didn't think we had a lot to offer in projections. Great. Great. Cool. So uh, what struck me was uh, how much I projected this morning. You know? <laughs> Even though yeah, I didn't really have a chance to talk to uh, both of the ladies here, but uh, it's, uh, it kind of struck me that you got to be careful because uh, they kind of got what I tried to do at work, you know, I, what I tried to achieve in a kind of personal life, even though I didn't come here intending for any of those uh, things. So I got a little bit scared and made sure that I'm going to Pay more attention, be mindful of who you are, because it ends up projecting a lot, even though you don't really have a conversation. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, about getting impressions of people, I, I realized after we talked for a while, uh, you know, about whether the impressions were true or not. Um, I realized part of it in, in the last few years of my life, when I'm teaching English second language, I teach non-credit classes of the very beginning level. So. Usually we think, how do you get to know someone? Well, you go out for a cup of coffee, you talk, you know, you do stuff. But you can't do that with people who don't have the same language. So I have to just, uh, I realized just for my job, for my survival, I had to learn more about how to know someone without having a conversation. So I, I think that might help me with <laughs> making projections, that's all. <laughs> so you, or, or you think it helps you with making projections. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> or getting an impression right, of someone. Right, right, yeah. Interesting. So it's interesting how the projection we had were um, pretty accurate, uh, but then after one round we decided that, wow, you know, it's like there was nothing that was like really uh, uncomfortable, you know, like no one said something that, you know, I felt something, and so we, we kind of tried to, to go deeper, and, and it was very interesting to see how by very little observation, we had some really deep projection that were really meaningful to each of us. To, to receive those projections? Yes. So when other people yes. observe? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. In the, kind of like in the, in the second round of going deeper, it was kind of, um, you know, kind of like going back to what Anne was saying, is, you know, really thinking, okay, well, let me just use my perception then, you know, my whole body perception of... How do I feel? How have I felt? You know, mm. how do I think this person is struggling with or feeling or what? You know, just and just hit it. Mm. And how the how did it feel to be on the receiving end of of that kind of? And a the same projection? because it was very, uh, you know. I don't think I've I've heard anyone say those things to me as mm. kind of a projection, right? Mm. Like, wow, how did you know that? Mm. So it actually felt, you know, a really deep sense of connection and ease. Yeah. 
like just wanted to stay in this conversation for the next hour. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And probably part of it also is as we're talking about the safety of the container that you can go that deep and and receive these projections that are are caring and and are yeah even though they're somewhere a little disturbing you know but it was still very coming from a good-hearted person yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, really kind of right on I'm I'm just reflecting on you know how how sometimes projections how sometimes they're positive and other times are completely different and what is coming what is coming up for me right now is that as as I'm listening what what we're speaking about is uh the times that I have not been in a container like this um or that maybe I have been in a container of, you know, like mindfulness, but people that I don't know, that then I do make all these ideas of this person and they're completely off base. Completely. So um, then I look at them as projections coming from our my own judgments, my own, you know, based on my history, based on my interactions, and the ones that I've heard that, oh, well, there's some truth in this. So they stopped being projections to me. They started becoming, they shifted, they shifted the their identities of those opinions. They, they shifted more into this person has some insight or this person knows me more or, or have shared with me more than I, I thought. So uh, it's interesting, you know, in terms of how those, how how it is that I define the the projection. Mm. Um, it mm. will be very different if I will be in the outside world. Um, I think related to your point, we had a little discussion at the beginning about. Um, whether it's easier to project when you don't know someone or when you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think they're just different projections. Um, But that we don't become free of projecting. Once we we really know how the person is, then we're not projecting anymore, right? And (laughs) actually, I I beg to differ. I think we still do. I I was saying that sarcastically. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because we don't really get to know a person because a person is always changing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I totally agree with you. I'm sorry I wasn't clear on the... On the, the sarcasm bit, yeah. Um, and then just one thing that came to mind is the story that Gil sometimes tells where he had a whole romance with somebody on a long retreat, and at the end he finally got to go and talk and meet this person, and it turns out that she spoke French. <laughs> <laughs> she was an English speaker in his all his uh, fantasies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Liz, your, your hand was up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of raising my hand. <laughs> oh, I was observing very well, carefully. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was kind of creeping up my face there. Um, what I was feeling is um, that even when they're positive, they're still projections, they're yeah. still mental formations. Yeah. 
Um, because, I mean, even if it, if it were an insight about that person, it's momentary. Right. And if we say yeah. it, right. I mean, even in the next moment, they may or may not be embodying that quality. So right. it's really an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the exercise. Yeah, thank you. And and it's it's so interesting, both what you just said and also, um, also what you said, Kim, about... Um, we can never truly know someone uh, and even when say we're in a close partnership um, we can still it, it's, it's we, I'm reminded of, of this book I gave a talk on it on Monday The, the Way to Love is, is, the, is the book by um, by Anthony DeMello and, and he equates loving with awareness by seeing clearly seeing somebody not through your projections not seeing them the way you want them to be, what you need from them, what you expect from them, who, what you know, all those projections and needs and wants and our history and their history, and it, just seeing them fresh as they are, just beginner's mind. So, the, so as you were just saying, yes, projections can still, even if they're accurate and helpful, they can still be sticky in that way because they don't allow us to meet that person fresh in that moment, meeting them just as they are now, instead of the history of, well, yesterday we talked about this, last year you were like this, you're just meeting them right now, right here. Yeah. So thank and you. How, how within those projections we also um, turn that moment into something permanent, into something that, oh, this is, this is how this person is on the long term. So um, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so we're going to shift again. <laughs> so, so this afternoon we've kind of been transitioning from the personal more to the relational, right? The relational. And now, relational having been the bridge, now we'll jump into group, into community, into exploring collective identity of us as, as, uh, as practitioners, in the Dharma at, uh, at IMC, for example, the community that we have. So when we consider the culture at IMC, when we con- consider different cultures, the con- culture of our work, when we go to a party or when we go to the movies, each place has its own culture, right? You don't go to the movies and start dancing around, right? You don't go to to a party and just sit around and watch everybody. Well, maybe you do that. But anyway, well, <laughs> you know, it's a different culture, right? They're different. You come to IMC, there's a particular way that you behave and there's just a culture that has been said that um, there's this tacit agreement. And um, there are a lot of expectations and projections that we bring in to this culture of practice based on um, our background, based on who we are, um, a lot of things that we don't bring in. So practice at IMC is that the, the culture here has been formed because 
it is in the West. It's in the it's in California. It's it's Theravada Buddhism. It's it's um, there are co- uh, cultural influences from Burma and Thailand. Um, there are just so many influences that come in there. The particular um, particular people who have started this place. There's just so much, and it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way, right? Um, I love this morning how, as we were opening and bringing a bit of ourselves, Bruni brought in the elders because in her practice, the elders, it's, it's, it's part of her culture. We don't bring in the elders at, at IMC, do we, in our practice? No, it's not part of the culture. Does it have to be this way? Maybe not. So, so we're just questioning, just questioning all of these, all of these ways that, that we practice. Um, there, there is a culture, a particular way of eye contact, um, having eye contact, not having eye contact, or um, having personal space. What is the correct personal space? Um, coming from Iran, our, our personal space there is much closer, as we're talking about this morning, much closer. So in, in, in the West, people have much bigger circle around them. So it, just becoming aware of that, becoming aware of how things are really different here. Um, some people actually have considered coming to IMC to be unwelcoming, to be unfriendly, to just come to a talk. You know, if you if you come to say a Monday night or Sunday morning, you come, you sit on your cushion, with your eyes closed, you sit, you listen to a talk, you go away, right? You don't talk to anyone. There's no welcoming committee. I love Bruni. Um, you're telling me an allergies. Actually, the welcoming committee that you, you were talking oh, about. Yes. If you can talk about that, that just yes. sounds lovely. Yeah. So um, at IRC, and I think that some of you were at, at this retreat, we started having uh, Spanish retreats. And I was wondering how it was going to be. You know, I was like, I had no idea how it was going to be. <clears throat> and um, one big difference was the welcoming committee. There was a welcoming committee of two or three people. Well, but, you know, like, welcome and with a hug. And, <laughs> and it was like, oh, yes, I recognize this. It's like, well, wait a minute, let me see. And then this, this like, okay, am I at IRC or not? Or, so um, very different ways, depending, holding, how to hold the Dharma in different cultures. There you know, there was, we went around the circle and no one said, say where are you from? Uh, no, no one said, no one, you know, the teachers, you know, said, say your name and say something about you. And it just turned out that everyone said where they were coming from. You know, there's such a diaspora within Latin American culture and, 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 um, so everyone, it was, it's like the same, I'm Bruni and I'm from Puerto Rico. And I remember many years ago, Gil asked me, is there a reason why you, you mentioned, you know, that how you're from Puerto Rico? And, and I got it at that point at that retreat, I said, this is why, it's, it's part of the culture, you know? Think of the yeah. last time you, you went to IRC or Spirit Rock and you were greeted by a hug when you went to a retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just different cultures, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we all come, from, come to the Dharma um, looking for something, 
looking from a particular lens of our background, looking for something. And also, they're the way things are. And it's like going to a country when, when you're traveling um, to a new country for the first time, you have a beginner's mind and you see all the ways in which people do things differently in that country. Uh, I remember especially going to Japan years ago and wow, so interesting. Things were so different. Or actually coming to the U.S. as a 16-year-old. Wow, things were so different in this country. And this, the space I'm talking about, you know, the personal space. Wow, people are just so far away from each other. And you just and, and then after a while, yeah, I adopted. I started to fit in. This is the way things are. So we come to IMC. This is how things are, right? We don't, after the first time, maybe the first time or two we come in, we kind of question like, oh, okay, I guess I bow and I sit quietly and I leave and I don't talk to people. And, and then, like, yeah, you just take it for granted. Like, this is what the culture is. So, um, doesn't have to be this way. Do we want it to be this way? What, what do we want IMC to be? What, what are our needs, expectations, hopes? Yeah. I just wanted to mention something about sure. IMC that came to my mind. Yeah. That as you were describing all those different aspects of IMC, one thing that came to my mind is, I don't think I have experienced, um, in at least in, in California, I lived here for 20 years, I don't think I've been in any community where someone never asked me what I do for a living. Mm. And, and there is freedom in this. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, I'm coming here and I don't have the identity that I have in Silicon Valley. Mm. Um, and... Um, so it's almost like you, you know, you leave whatever identity you don't need, really, <laughs> at the door, and you come in here, and you're just a human being. It's kind of like, are you kind or are you not kind? It's it's not what you do, where you live, right. what you know, what's your yeah. income, and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So there are a lot of wonderful things also about our community that the kindness, the structure that we're all in this path of practice and are there ways that we can offer safety for others so that everyone feels welcome um, and are there in ways in which that we, we feel safe and we would feel more safe um, so it's just an exploration we don't know we just it's a big question and I have a list of questions for us to explore as a community um, so that we can all learn I, I'm very curious about what comes up for all of us so here are the list of questions. I'm going to read them first. Um, there are four questions. One is, what expectations and projections do you bring to IMC based on your cultural conditioning, background, and various identities, such as racial background or whatever it is? So what expectations, projections do you personally bring in? Second question if you are from a non-dominant culture, how does it feel to practice in a dominant culture? The third question. The community is highly valued in Buddhism. And how can IMC, as a Buddhist practice community, be supportive meeting ground for enriching diversity of the people in our society? So given that community is so important in practice, how can 
this community be an enriching meeting ground, supportive meeting ground for supporting diversity in our society. The fourth question is, how can cultural sensitivity support each of us on our practice of mindfulness? So what are the ways in which cultural sensitivity can support each of us in our practice of mindfulness? So with the time that we have left in order to have a more rich conversation, I wanted to suggest that we get into groups of four and spend some time in a smaller group just discussing, and I'll give you each question. One, you don't have to memorize all four of them. I'll give, give feed each to you every few minutes to have a conversation and we'll come back in a big group and see what comes up. How does that sound? And then we'll we'll end at 3.30. Okay? So let's have groups of four. Is that? Let's see. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Actually, we do have groups of four. No, we do have, yeah. Yeah, we have three groups of four. Okay, go. And I'll feed you the questions. Thank you. I don't know why there was a typo for this going later than 3.30. Okay, but we will finish at 4. Thanks for your patience, everyone. It's, it just felt really rich and uh, really rich to, uh, difficult to cut it, cut it all short. So so we'd love to hear what, what you discovered, what you learned from, from these explorations. What came up for you? Don't all just jump into it at once. (laughs) If you don't, I'm going to put you on the spot. Stephen. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think it's the last thing we talked about which was about community and because for me I'm uh, shopping in a way spiritually shopping so if so I, I this is the third time I've been here and the second time I came to the Spanish group I didn't know what was going on because I don't understand Spanish <laughs> by mistake okay so I'm uh, so I came today specifically looking for community and is this the possibility of community and so I mentioned at the beginning I feel that I know there's a mindfulness community and that there's a, um, communities of people concerned with race and ethnicity and culture and that what I'm trying to find is a place somehow that bridges or is a where both can exist um, and uh, so if, like my feeling I'm leaving with is that I, I feel uh, encouraged by that, the, the promise of that, and the, the people who I got to talk with, uh, and from what um, the two of you said today, is makes me, um, I guess in the simplest way, is just to come back and mm-hmm. to, to try to be, uh, take the next step in trying to be part of the community. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah. Be lovely to have you part of the community. 
you feel it's so unfair, you know? How management is always white male all. And uh, I feel like that you, know, you have to work twice as much to be half as good. Uh, and But at the same time, it's like uh, your society is asking you to be do everything, but it's so difficult. You, know, you start seeing some of the so-called classes that uh, he says that you didn't realize. Uh, but at the same time, um, I was really glad to come here because uh, these are the older of topics that you're not supposed to You are so forced to blend in with the rest of the cultures and whatever mainstream society is So I just want to mention that it was really great to talk about it openly and recognize some of it as a problem. Even though you talk to your very close friends, family, you only get a lot of prejudice view. You don't get to have a group discussions and do not have to read things of intervention. Unless you speak up, there's no opportunity for intervention. So I think it's really healthy for everybody to talk about these kind of things that we notice from living your life. And I'm very grateful that uh, we had an opportunity to say. So thank you. Thank you. It makes a, a big difference when, when we are open to, you know, to listening whatever experience is there for the other person, you know, to, to listen with respect and, and compassion. And so I think that that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. Put you on the spot, especially those who haven't talked today. I'm curious, yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> I, um, I guess I'll just say that I, I really um, appreciated those exercises, especially at the end where we really connected. And um, it just feels really nice to... to kind of talk on really um, deep topics and kind of share things that are um, about kind of painful parts of our lives. And so I just feel more connected to you all. And so I really mm. thank you for sharing and for trusting. And um, um, yeah, and then I think it all goes towards kind of cultivating greater connectiveness and community. Um, and it just feels really nice and heartwarming to be here with you all right now. So thank you all. Thank you. Mm. Other reflections from what has come up in the conversation, especially this afternoon, whatever has come up, it's all okay. I'm grateful for um, each person's practice today and sort of what I heard from each person um, indicates how how much people are working with this and I'm, I'm just sort of aware of 
the collective experience that IMC is so much about these, you know, whether you're able to access connection with a set, a series of individuals or a set of individuals that then give you some sort of feeling of where the dialogue is or what people are reflecting on. So, um, I'm both aware that it can, it can seem monolithic if you can't access it it can seem like it's inaccessible and it's the byproduct of you know everybody who's here and everybody who comes and so that's interesting okay um when you take it from here So, so are you going to say something, or? Um, yeah, I feel like um, this was just the start of um, some really necessary dialogue and work we need to do here in the sangha. So I'm grateful for this start, and I hope that um, we can continue this to have um, more opportunities to to really deeply explore um, this aspect of our sangha. There is also, it will be interesting when you leave today, the rippling effects, the same way that we have, you know, within our practice, uh, we go to retreat or we go to, you know, we come here on Sundays or any other days. If there's anything else that comes up for you during the practice, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't end here. Some fruits may bear later. So um, those are also wonderful opportunities to see what, what it is for, what comes up for you in terms of your practice. Yeah. That's a really good point because this is just part of the exploration. There are many seeds planted today, many things that perhaps you became more aware of that will be part of the discovery, the inclusion in, in the mindfulness for days, weeks, and years to come. So, let's close. Let's, let's uh, just dedicate the merit of our practice and close with the moment of sitting, bringing to mind our practice together here today, our practice individually, our practice collectively, in trying to understand our identities, how to hold them, understanding our collective identities, the way we have projections, the way perhaps we get triggered, that's a pointer to areas that need more 
clarity and awareness in our hearts and minds. May the practice we undertook together today may be a cause for freedom, ease, liberation, and love for all beings throughout our culture, through our world. understanding, freedom, liberation. And inclusion of all beings everywhere. Thank you for practicing together today.